0: Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome in another edition of Kurt and Long. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, like you heard from 1250 AM. The fan, he is Ryan Horvath over there. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvat. Bet MGM tonight. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Uh, we're going to start off first with Ryan's thoughts on Packers and Rams. Then we'll get to Matt Schneidman's piece in the athletic. He has predictions for the rest of this year and the offseason. So we'll get into that and see uh, if Ryan agrees or disagrees. I'll tell you my thoughts Up uh, too. a couple of things before we do that, though. Number one, just a reminder, Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin uh, is coming up November 27th through December 1st. If you go to 1250amthefan.com right now, you can start donating online if you like. If you want to make a financial donation, whatever the case may be, right there on the front page of 1250amthefan.com, there is a Toy Drive link. You just click through uh, to make your donation, and you can donate online. Uh, Also on there is a Do Not Donate list uh, as far as things they don't want. Um, to take. Uh, and if you donate it, they're essentially going to take it back and exchange it for something that they do want. It's like Nerf guns and stuff like that. They don't want being, you know, Nerf guns, bullets being flown around the inside of a hospital and so forth. Um, so make sure you go on there and uh, you buy the appropriate things. It cannot be used. It has to be new. November 27th through December 1st, Blades Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek out there each day. I will be every minute of every day, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Come say hi. Come keep me company. Don't let me be lonely and bring toys. Uh, The second thing, Ryan Horvath, I had an experience today that I've never had in radio in my entire career. I've been doing radio since 1994. I've never, ever, ever had this happen to me. The White House called. Uh, The White House communications team called, um, wanting to know if I had interest in interviewing Desmond Howard today. Uh, Duh. Sure. Uh, Why, you ask, would this be? Uh, Because they want them in the local markets in Wisconsin promoting this roundtable they're doing about college football players and their rights. Uh, And they're having a roundtable apparently at the White House today. So at about 2.25 this afternoon, I'm going to interview Desmond Howard. Uh, And a friend of mine said, are you sure it's real? No, I'm not sure it's real. I have no idea. I I don't know why you would lie and be fake about all of this nonsense. Um, They didn't call like... Me per se, they essentially left like left a voicemail uh, at the radio station, uh trying to see if one of the stations would be interested in interviewing them. So I called back and sure enough, I was like, okay, here we go. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm pretty excited though, Desmond Howard. So if I get it, uh if I, it actually happens, uh I'll post it later tonight. It'll be on the 1250 a.m. uh the fan.com website on the Odyssey app uh, as well. So make sure to look for it. Can
1: yeah. you really quick on that? Can you do me a favor? Can you ask the, him why they are ruining college game day? And can you also ask Desmond what the hell this was? I don't think. What is that? Well, his name's Michael Penix. Oh, the one quarterback. Yeah. For some reason, Des started a big Penix energy chant on college game day the other day. I. <laughs> had to explain to my son, <laughs> we, had to, we had to have an early Birds and the Bees talk because of Desmond Howard. Not, like, pronounce the name right, man. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't Not understand. Like
1: I, you- like, I still like college game day, but people really hate McAfee on there, man. Have you seen the backlash so much that yeah. he had to like – like, See, college football, that's what I'm saying, Spark. Like, there's a different type of audience. You know what I mean? Like, we don't like – these casuals coming over to our territory, you know, like these NFL guys, college football is so much different. That's why I always like doing the college football show with Don and uh, the pro- the professor, Dan Underberg, because Don
0: would chill us. Yeah.
1: But I mean, even in Wisconsin, man, like even in Milwaukee, I'd want to talk Badgers. We'd get no calls. You know, the minute we would talk Aaron right. Rodgers, like, you know, the phones would blow up. So it's just a different type of audience, man. We don't like the casuals, but that's awesome. That's crazy. Let me know if it actually goes down the White House. That's interesting. At least that's that's it's so crazy. I would be like, it's it's like when Jake Taylor gets the call from the Indians, or, or it's like when Lou gets the call to manage the Indians, and he's like working at a Home Depot. Right. I got another guy on the other line with some auto parts. Yes. I got to get back to you. Jake Taylor's in Mexico. Is yes. that you, Colbert? Like getting a call from the White House, I'd be like hold on, what's going on? But that's awesome, man. I can't wait yeah.
0: to hear it. So hopefully it works out. Uh, okay, Ryan Horvath, Uh I did the podcast uh, solo on Monday. Everybody's heard my thoughts on the Kurt Long podcast on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast at. Let's hear your thoughts on the Packers finally getting a win uh, and this time beating the Rams with a quarterback they cut uh, in Brett Ripon after the game. So there you go. Uh, instead, they're bringing in Carson Wentz uh, to be the quarterback uh, for Matt Stafford instead of Brett Ripon. So the Packers beating you got yeah. you so, congratulations to the rip-ins. Uh, Okay, Horvat, go ahead.
1: All right, you could clip this because I know exactly what the Rams are doing with Carson Wentz. So you know how Nick Saban always takes some guy that's like down on his luck because Alabama needs a new OC every two to three years because right. if you call plays for Bama for a couple of years, you're going to get another head coaching gig. So we've seen this with Lane. We've seen it with guys like Sark. You know that were. Uh, maybe like partying with the co-eds a little bit too much or doing God knows what, or we're just like, you know, uh, down on their luck. Like I said, we'll just say, I call it the Nick Saban rehab program, All right? Right now. I mean, we saw with Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien's back in the NFL, even we'll see what he does with Tommy Reese. You know, Tommy Reese has actually been calling a good game the last couple of weeks, but that's what the Rams are doing with quarterbacks. Now, Sean McVay's the new quarterback whisperer. They did it with Baker Mayfield last year the final couple weeks of the season. Right. Wow. He's the best starting quarterback in the NFC South by default, maybe, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the quarterback rehab program. And now in comes Carson Wentz. If McVay finds a way to get anything out of Carson Wentz, then he's the goat man, because Carson Wentz has not been good in many, many years. He's also, let's be honest. I mean, I don't like the, I'm not going to, I've never been in the locker room with Carson Wentz, but it really seems like his teammates don't like him a whole lot. Agreed. Like, you know, they loved Nick Foles in Philadelphia. Yep. And then here in DC, Heineke can't play. He's no good. But when he went into that huddle, guys bought in. I, I don't think guys like Carson Wentz all that much. So we'll see. But uh all right. So sucks our schedules didn't work out on Monday because you would have got a positive for about because you know, any wins a win. I go back and forth with it a little bit though now at three and five, because this team's not going to the playoffs, in my opinion. They're not going to beat good teams. I think they lose this week. But, you know, like a a win feels good. And with a, a young team, like what I like to see in that locker room was even a guy like Jair, who it's like, man, does he even care anymore? Is he a positive influence on these young guys in the locker room? He was excited. Guys were hugging. LaFleur looked like he wanted to coach this young team again. You know, that locker room celebration was fun and they needed that. Jordan Love needs that. You know, I'm not all the way out on Jordan Love, but at the same time, it's like, damn, you might be messing up our draft pick. We might not get a Marvin Harrison or a a Caleb Williams um, if we keep winning these stupid games. But, um, you know, you're 3-5 and now. Uh, If you're a better, the Packers are 4-4 and against the spread. Uh, They covered in this game for me. I bet them again because they were going against Brett Rippon, Wisconsin. And let's start with the Packers on the offensive side of the ball. I want to get to my notes here because I was excited to do the show on Monday. Again, we didn't match up, so – Uh, first half, I wanted to jump through a window. Um, second half, that was the Matt LaFleur offense that I wanted to see. They finally used Aaron Jones. I cashed in on all my props. He had 20 carries, 20 carries, 73 rushing yards and a touchdown. You had a great tweet spark. You're like, Oh, you know, is this easy? You just get Aaron Jones, the football and everything's much better. Well, yeah, and it also helps that you're playing the Rams' defense, but it is what it is. You can only play the competition in right. front of you. Get Aaron Jones the football. Jordan Love had a much better second half. You know, the counting stats looked pretty good 19 to 25, 224 yards. Luke Musgrave finally got going. It helps that he wasn't concussed in the game, he got to play all four quarters, 51 receiving yards, first career touchdown. Brett Rippon, you know, the defense, I thought the defense played pretty good, obviously. Like, if you look at the box score, Brett Rippon, 13 for 28, just 130 total yards, threw an interception, fumbled twice. You know, one of those, you get back. Cooper Cup was targeted seven times and only had two catches for 48 yards. You shut down one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league. The only thing I didn't love about the defense, you know, I thought this was going to be a good, like, let's rack up the sacks matchup. I predicted, I believe, Rashawn Gary to have two to three sacks in this game and they only had one sack against that offensive line, but they did limit them, limit them uh, in English, to just a 46.4 completion rate through the air, 68 total yards rushing the ball, so you shut down the run, and you did that even though Quay, Rudy Ford, Darnell Savage, and Kenny Clark all left the game due to injury or didn't play in the game, and uh, shout-out to Anthony Johnson, Jr., who's a seventh-round pick out of Iowa State, got his first start with Rudy Ford being out of the lineup and had that big clutch interception in the fourth quarter, which put the Packers in place for that uh, field goal to make it a two possession game. So saw some good, um, you know, would have liked to maybe see some, some more sacks in the game because that Rams offensive lines baloney as my grandfather would have said, but good win man and a good win for a young team. So I'll be positive about it.
0: Carrington Valentine uh, played a hell of a game. we will see if yes. he can do this again. Uh, this upcoming week against the Steelers and Kenny Pickett, but he played really well. And we had Jacob Morley on uh, the podcast. Um, it ended up being Sunday night, and then was there Monday morning, kind of like a post game podcast. And Jacob Morley from backer Report was saying again in the preseason he looked really good, and then he came in in spurts during the regular season. But it's different when you have a full week to prepare to know you're the starter, right? And everybody says, "Oh, always prepared, like to start and so forth." Okay, that's one thing, but to actually know, right? So now he can really get in on the film and everything else, knowing, hey, look, I'm starting. I got to be ready to go. And he had a hell of a game, a finger wag uh, that he had uh, during the game that I thought for sure would be a taunting call that didn't happen. Uh, He played really well. Brooks played really well. Wooten played really well. Uh, The defensive lineman. These young guys, McDuffie, even though I'm not a big McDuffie guy, but for that game, he did well. He came up and played the run really well. There were a lot of positives, and most of them were from the young guys on this defense more so than anything else. And Horvat, I predicted when we were talking about what we were confident in, you said, Gary, I said Jair Alexander interception. He didn't get an interception, but he played a hell of a lot better than he's played during the rest of the season so far. And maybe that's because he's getting healthier
1: getting healthier and he was getting called out a little bit. And I think he knows that like he kind of made an ass out of himself because the PR team talked with him. Also like, you know, to go back the fungi year a little bit, you know, like I get it. Like you said, man, he hasn't really lost in green Bay other than that rookie year. Right. So, you know, he was probably just a little frustrated, didn't want to get himself in any trouble. So he was just like, you know, giving one word answers. We've all been there. You know, if you're a competitor, you know how that goes. Nobody wants to lose, but for sure, man. And that's what I wanted to see. You know, and uh Jair kind of gave his thing, like the run the table thing. Hey, we're going to win out. And now they've won one game. I don't think they're going to win one out. You know, the last time you beat the Steelers, I think in Pittsburgh, Bart Starr was your starting yep. quarterback. Is that a real fact? That's real. Yep. Yeah, I'm playing the Steelers this week, man. Um, Hate to be Mr. Negative there, but I think the Steelers. the Steelers aren't even a good team, Spark. They just keep winning games because Mike Tomlin's so damn good, but – um, yeah, loved everything I saw from a young team on Sunday, even, you know, granted it was against Brett Ripon, Wisconsin and the Rams that are all beat up a makeshift offensive line, but still a wins a win in the national football league.
0: Right. You get to start Josh Nyman and then he gets hurt and Rasheed Walker gets thrown back in there in the second half and he actually played. Okay. Uh, Ryan, he gets to play in that game. Sean Ryan gets to play because, uh, Running was questionable, and that was that first touchdown drive for the Packers. Dude, he was moving people backwards uh, in the run game, something Runyan does not do. And then Runyan's like, "Okay, I'm good." And then out goes Ryan, and in comes Runyan again. Ryan should be the starting right guard. Period. I'm done with Runyan Jr. It's been fun. You're going to the bench. You can watch. And Yash Nyman it was back this week. The week before that was foot, whatever. If Nyman's healthy enough to play, he's your starting left tackle the rest of the year. I'm done dealing with Rasheed Walker for the rest of the year because now it's, it's got to be listen, a running back is healthy. We have to protect uh, and run block well. And if we do that, you know, we're off to the races and everything is good. That one run to the left side was Jaden Reed. Uh, that that they had right and you have Myers pulling he gets out throws a great block you have Christian Watson with a great seal block that and then the with a great block over there and it opens it up and they actually execute a damn play correctly and Reed goes for 12 or 15 yards on the left sideline. That's the type of stuff that they have not done a majority of the year. Normally it would be Myers or DeGuire would miss the block. Re would get crushed. It would be a one yard gain. And that would be the end of it. Very rarely have we seen them actually execute run plays where everybody does their job and they get a chunk play out of it, uh, out of the backfield. And that is some of the stuff where I think I get excited that maybe these guys are starting to figure it out a little bit.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. And that's the thing. Like, you know, now, The rest of the way, you're not going to be able to use these excuses. This is a young football team because it's unfair as it is. Once you get to, you know, week eight, week nine, you're not a young football team, even if it is a bunch of rookies. You know what I mean? Like Jaden Reed is really technically I mean, technically he is a rookie, but that's what guys say. Like, you know, now you got to be caught up. And now here's where we figure out if you could play or not. Because it's not like it's the NBA. You know what I mean? Like in the NBA, maybe it's going to take like Wemby some time. That's a bad example. It's not going to take him time to develop. You know what? He's the real deal right now. But maybe like if you're a Scoot Henderson guy, you're like, oh, we could pump the brakes. You know, Jaden Ivey in Detroit doesn't look very good right now. In fact, he's out of the lineup, you know? And so you could be like, okay, well, he'll figure it out because we've seen that. But in the NFL, you don't really have time to figure it out, you know, because you're only playing – Man, these guys are out of the league by like 27, 28. I mean, I mean, not everybody's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers playing until they're 38, 39 years old. So, um, you know, you got you got to start performing. And especially right. with a young team like this, because I don't want to go through a rebuild for the next four to five years. And I know we like to laugh at the Bears, but man, they got a lot of money to spend. And they're kind of doing things smartly, I think. Like maybe you overpaid for sweat, but he's a beast. I like him more than I like Chase Young. And you have those two draft picks that are gonna be in the top ten. You know what I mean? And then I, Detroit. Think a,
0: I think you're a closet bears fan. Do you just want to admit here on the podcast that you kind of root for the Bears a little bit since the beginning of the year? Justin Fields and the Bears, and here we go, yada yada, yada. That fell off. He hasn't been very good. And now we're talking about, hey, watch out for the Bears next year. Nah, who cares? Cares about the Bears? Nobody cares. About the bear. year,
1: I'm talking about like the future of this team. Like Green Bay's dominated the NFC North. Yeah. But yeah, you should be worried about the Bears because they could get Drake May or Caleb Williams and then finally have their quarterback and turn that thing around. The Bengals were always a joke. Now they have Joe Burrow. They're no longer a joke. I remember I was having a conversation with Bill Michaels when they drafted Joe Burrow because he's from Cincinnati. Yep. And he's like, oh, it'll be like an Andy Dalton situation. You win 11, 12 games, and you get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. And I was like, no, Bill, I don't know about that, man. Like Joe Burrow is different. Like all it takes is a quarterback. You know, Green Bay, we've always had good luck, kind of. Like we had Bart. I wasn't around for that. I just get clippings of it. You know, I was around for Brett um, and then Aaron. But uh, you're not guaranteed that. You know, we don't know if Jordan Love's any good. and We don't know if right. the next guy will What if Jordan Love got hurt? And we actually had to see Sean Clifford start an NFL football game. Like crap. we're one injury away from that being a thing. So yeah, Chicago set up for success, man. They got a crap load of money and two first round picks. They're going to be in the top 10. Minnesota, dude, even without Kirk Cousins, they found a way to win that game with Dobbs. Defense is playing better. I don't know that it's going to be a long rebuild for Minnesota. I mean, I hate them. I don't think they're ever going to win a Super Bowl. But Kevin O'Connell's a pretty damn good coach. And Jordan Addison's really good. Maybe they convince Justin Jefferson to stay. Maybe they get their quarterback. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you can't really, you got to figure out who could play. That was my point. I wasn't trying to hype up the Bears. I'm betting against the Bears tomorrow night, baby. Carolina Panthers, plus three and a half. They're winning that game outright. In what world are the Bears a three and a half point favorite?
0: Not with badging a quarterback, at least. uh, That's for sure. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about uh, the next segment. We're going to do that coming up next. Matt Schneiman had his predictions uh, for the year, uh, the second half of the year in the offseason for the Green Bay Packers. The Packer beat writer from The Athletic. We'll do that coming up next. All right, let's talk about uh, Matt Schneiman's piece here in The Athletic. Uh, He did a piece, kind of predictions, you know, he may get them right. He may get them wrong. Who knows? But I think it was something fun to do on the curtain Long podcast. You can download on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast at. You can also check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. First prediction uh, from Matt Schneiman. Jordan Love uh, earns a contract extension at the end of the year. And I will uh, just uh, read a little bit of it because I don't want to give it all away. You can go read it yourself uh, and take from it what you want. Uh, But he says Love looked better as a whole uh, than he's been in last Sunday's victory over the Rams, making a couple of big throws in the second half to help the Packers win. Green Bay's second half schedule is tougher than what it's in the rearview mirror, but as the youth around him continues getting more experience, Love should play much better, well enough even that the Packers won't be in a position to draft a top quarterback in April and instead try to sign Love to a cheap, relatively speaking, long-term extension. I've been saying the same thing. 15 to 20 million is what I think three years extension gives him four years in under contract with the Packers and see what happens uh are you with that prediction or against that prediction Ryan Horvath
1: yeah I mean I think it's what happens but it's not what I want if like I mean if he well yeah I mean I guess that is what I want like they win some games miss out on the playoffs but figure out he's the guy yeah that's fair I just I don't know I want to see some more though like, sure. yeah. I don't care about one half against the Rams, right. the secondary that doesn't, yep. you know, I do like if he, if he goes back and plays like crap against the Steelers, you know, and against Minnesota and against Detroit in the rematch, it's going to be hard for me to want him back, to be honest with you. But I do think this is what ends up happening. They'll win six, seven games, you know, too many to get a top pick to get one of those top guys. And so, yeah, you'll have to build around love and you'll, you know, work out a cheap deal. I think that's what ends up happening here. But I do want to see more from Jordan Love for me to feel comfortable with that decision.
0: The next one is uh, Eric Stokes never gets back his job, essentially, for the Packers this year. Now, out with a hamstring, uh, Carrington Valentine has played well. He says Keyshawn Nixon has done enough to keep his job in the slot. As well, he says the Packers must decide whether to exercise Stokes' fifth-year option this offseason. Doing so would guarantee his 2025 salary at 11.9 million dollars, according to Over the Cap. Brian Goodakuta surely won't do that with only about one full season of worthwhile play from Stokes under his belt through his first three years in the league. So, have we seen the last of Eric Stokes, Ryan Horvath?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, maybe. How are you going to give him that money when you don't know what he is? I mean, he was good as a rookie. You know, and then year two wasn't very good and he got hurt. So I know that's unfair and he can't stay on the field right now. You know what I mean? And when's he going to be fully healthy? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think that it's crazy that you already have to make that decision. I feel like we just got him. He just came into the league. We barely have seen him on the field. Yep. There's another one added to uh, the Goody Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Didn't so like
0: What will have to happen is he'll have to have an amazing year next year in order for the Packers to give him a deal pass next year. And he'll have to earn that spot opposite Jair Alexander, because Douglas is gone, obviously. So yeah. it's going to be Valentine in him, probably, for that corner spot, unless they go draft another corner. Then it could be a three-way battle for that spot.
1: Well, we we know a we'll ball out then. history says he'll have six interceptions. The Packers will pay him and then he'll be no good. You know, like we've seen this granted at different positions, but Nick Perry had thirteen sacks yep. and then didn't combine for thirteen after he got the bag. You know what I mean? In my opinion, I think they chose the wrong corners a long time ago. I would have chose Micah Hyde, I would have chose Casey Hayward. Instead, they kept bringing back Tremont. No knock on Tremont, but Casey Hayward went on to lead the league in interceptions the next season. His only issue in Green Bay was he was getting concussed every other week, but I was always a Hayward guy, you know, more than Shields. I always liked Micah Hyde. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that's what ends up happening, unfortunately, for Stokes. But if he balls out next year, then they'll have to keep him. Yeah. Um, Good thing for him is he'll have one more year. Yeah, good.
0: Next one, left tackle will be the biggest draft need, uh, yeah. and I, I totally agree with this one. You know, yeah. Rasheed Walker, seventh-round pick, he hasn't been that guy as of yet. I mean, they clearly don't trust him if they were starting Rasheed Walker uh, in front of him. Anyhow, then he says Packers may not lose enough to be on the clock when either Penn State's Olu Fashanu or Notre Dame's Joe Alt are available. They rank fifth and sixth, respectively, on Dane Brugler's most recent top 50 big board, but... Alabama's J.C. Latham or Georgia's Amarius Mims could pique Goodenkun's interest uh, at that point. They're valued at 10 and 19. You had made mention before of maybe you want an SEC tackle for this team kind of going forward. We were talking about Joe Alton, Notre Dame. You said that maybe SEC tackle might be a better way to go. Your thoughts uh, on going left tackle in the first round. I've been harping or hammering this home for weeks that left tackle is the position in the first round. So I agree.
1: Yeah, I like Mims a lot, but, like, um, not to toot my own horn, I'm good with, like, quarterbacks and receivers. I'm not always the best with offensive linemen. But because Joe Alt might end up being a stud, I can't get that Louisville tape out of my head. Like, he was on his ass in that game, getting thrown around by Louisville. You know what I mean? It's like, I really like Mims. Um, I don't know that there's much of a drop-off with a lot of those guys. You know what I mean? But I I completely agree that if it's not Caleb Williams or Drake May or Marvin Harrison or – I mean, see, Musgrave looks good, but I would love Brock Bowers. I know he's a tight end, but, man, like he could be a weapon. I think he's going to be Travis Kelsey, Gronk-like tight end. You know what I mean? Like something the Packers have never had. And, hell, you could have two of those guys. You know, the Patriots did it for years. Aaron Aaron Hernandez, Jesus, and Gronk, uh, you know, and then it was Allen and Gronk. Um, but the two tight end stuff really works in this league. Buffalo tried it. It just didn't look good because Dawson Knox is overrated. Then he got hurt. Uh, I would love a tackle, though, and I think that's what you need to do, especially if you're going to commit to Jordan Love and you're going to give him that money. Um, I think you got to do that because, yeah, I, I, I if you can't have Marvin Harrison, there's, there's going to be really good receivers in this draft, but if it's not him, I think you could just wait until the second round like history says that they could do, but I'm really sick of doing that. You know what I mean? Like, do you see the drop off from okay? Christian Watson's a good player and Romeo Dobbs is a good player, but then you watch Jordan Addison, and you know you watch some of these guys, even as rookies, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Like the Packers need that, and yeah, they've always. This need- is the
0: thing. We uh, Jacob Orley and I talked about this in the last podcast because we always end up talking draft at some point, him and I. And he was saying all these receivers that are probably going to be there when the Packers draft. Okay. Marvin Harrison, junior, not, but that kid Rome from Washington, the kid from Florida state, the wide receiver from Florida state that everybody likes. And goes, We're all going to love him. We're all going to love these wide receivers. And then he's not going to take one and he'll go, you know, a different position and wait on wide receiver to the second round. I don't want a wide receiver in the first round. I, I'll put it out there right now, unless it's Harrison jr. And I don't think they're going to suck that bad to get to Harrison jr. Outside of him. I don't want a wide receiver. I want a damn left tackle, period, end of story. If they take anything but a left tackle, I am going to be mad. I promise you, I don't care about the kid at Florida State. I don't care about the kid at Washington. I want a damn left tackle. Any one of the four listed there by Schneiman works for me.
1: Kid at Washington is really, really damn good, but also he plays – man, I'm not going to try to knock – he's really good – um, Johnny Wilson, I like, cause he's six foot seven, but he's got the drops. If they're talking about Keon Coleman, I really like yeah, him. You yeah, Coleman. him. You might be able to get him a little bit later. What I like about him is there's your kick returner. There's your punt returner. There's your yep. gadget guy. And there's probably, you know, like your Tyree kill, number one, number two, wide receiver. People said CD lamb was too small to be a number one wide receiver. He's freaking awesome. So I think Keon Coleman could be the same type of player, but no, I'm with you, man. You got to go left tackle in this draft. If you're picking high, but not high enough for, Franchise change in quarterback, because even if you like Jordan Love, like, you know, Arizona has Kyler, but they're going to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May if they could get him. Um, You have to. You know, it was like when Andrew Luck was there for the Colts. You know, I know that they thought Peyton was done, but they had to do it regardless. You know, even if we had Aaron Rodgers, I love Aaron Rodgers, and you could have had Caleb Williams or Drake May, I'd be like, bye, Aaron. Um, So... I don't think they'll be that bad. I think you got to go left tackle. Any of those guys are fine with me. As crazy as it sounds though, uh, Joe out probably lasts for me. I want one of those sec dudes, big 12 dudes.
0: All right, let's uh, move on. Last one. This is the one I really want to see Horvath's take on. Cause Horvath has been madder than mad. Like as mad as any Packer fan I come across has been Ryan Horvath the last three or four weeks while they've been losing just screaming run. bloody murder mad about how this whole thing is playing up now. This is the one I want to see. Now, again, the Packers have left at Pittsburgh, home against the Chargers, at Detroit, against the Chiefs, at the Giants, against the Buccaneers, at Carolina, at Minnesota, and then home against the Bears. That's the remaining schedule. Schneidman says, he thinks, that of those games, they beat Pittsburgh, they lose to the Chargers, they lose to the Lions. They lose to the Chiefs. So at that point, you're on a three game losing streak again. Then he says they beat the Giants. They beat the Bucs. They beat Carolina. They lose to Minnesota. They beat the Bears. They end up at eight and nine and miss the playoffs barely. But as he points out, who knows? Maybe they figure out a way to beat the Chargers or the Vikings and end up being nine and eight instead. If they end up eight and nine after what we just watched, I don't want to hear anything else about LaFleur going forward. If he rallies this team back to eight and nine, because just two weeks ago, we were like, hell, they may only get four or five wins at the end of the year. If he rallies back to eight, and if he rallies back to eight after a three game losing streak in the middle of this next stretch, and they still get back to eight after that, because that's going to be, let's see. They lost four in a row, one, one. So that's they lost four of five. They win this one. They lost four of six. They lose the next three that means they would have lost seven of nine. And then to be able to come back and finish strong, that'd be a hell of a deal to be able to keep that team together, not have them implode from the inside out, uh, losing all these games. Uh, So eight and nine, I'm not buying it. I don't think they're that good. I don't think they get to eight wins. Horvat, what say you?
1: I think seven sounds about right to me. I agree with a lot of those wins. I think that they should beat the Giants, should beat the Bears, should. Should be Carolina. Should be Carolina. We'll see about Minnesota. I, uh, I don't think they beat the Steelers this week though. Um, no idea. Yeah, actually I'll get my prediction. now. I won't be able to do, I got to actually take off uh, tomorrow night. Right. So I actually, I I'm going to pick the Steelers here. Not that I think the Steelers are that much better of a football team. I think talent wise, they're about even man. I just, I hate having to go there, the terrible towels. And Like I bet against the Steelers every other week and they screw me with like good teams. I don't know how good the Packers are, but they keep finding ways to win. The Steelers are a weird team where I've never quite seen anything like it. It all comes down to, can they get pressure on the quarterback? And we know Jordan Love struggles at times when he's under pressure, when the Steelers get pressure and they get home, they're a top 10 pass defense. When they don't get pressure, then they're bottom 10 defense in the league. That secondary gets picked apart. Good stat. I would love Green Bay if they had a better offensive line. Do we trust the offensive line to protect Jordan Love in this game? Because if he has three to four seconds in the pocket, he's going to pick apart that defense. Or if you use more play action, or if you have them get rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds. like These are things that Matt LaFleur should know. This should be a big Musgrave game, dump-offs across the middle, a lot of play action, Jordan Love using his legs a little bit more, and a lot of Aaron Jones in this game. And I think that's how you beat the Steelers. But you're gonna have to buy Jordan Love some time in the pocket because if he's under pressure, he's gonna throw some interceptions in this game. TJ Watt's gonna be doing his sack dance without his helmet, and it's gonna get ugly. And I I shouldn't say it's gonna get ugly because the Steelers' offense quarters one through three one of the worst in the league. Like as far as efficiency, Packers can't stop the run. Doesn't matter. The Steelers really can't run the ball, even with Najee Harris and even with Jalen Warren, because their offensive line's getting no push. I want to say they're like 29th and. You know, run block success rate. They're not getting any push. So Green Bay should be able to hold their own against the run. And then it comes down to can you get pressure on Kenny Pickett? Because like Jordan Love, young quarterback that makes some bad decisions. What scares me is if it's a close game, Kenny Pickett doesn't lose games in the fourth quarter. Like last year won seven games, most of those in the fourth quarter. He's like a terrible version of Andrew Luck, because Andrew Luck would always come back in the fourth quarter and beat teams. Kenny Pickett does that, but he's just, in my opinion, not very good. And Mike Tomlin is uh, I got to give the coaching advantage to Mike Tomlin. I give the coaching advantage. You know what's weird, man? In Pittsburgh, they don't like Mike Tomlin. Like Some guys don't like Mike Tomlin. I listen to Philipponi every
0: once in a while. He hates Tomlin. He's hated Tomlin for three years. Those can't be real takes that he has. I'm telling you, he has been all over Tomlin for three years, man. He used to do weekends on CBS Sports Radio. He would drive me nuts as much as he railed on Tomlin. He can't stand that man. He's like Craig Council, which I know, is sour subject
1: for I'm you not guys. Not talking about Council, but here's what I'll say: He did. How many managers? It depends if you think man, like being a manager is important in baseball. But like, especially the year that they go to the NLCS, I know Christian Yelich had a ridiculous season. Low had a really good year. You had some guys, but like the way that he's used his bullpen the last couple of years, I think has been a better example. The Brewers don't have the most talented team. No. the Cardinals had the most talented team in the NL Central. But Council does most with the less. You know what I mean? I think that's what Mike Tomlin does, man. Like, last year they had no business having a winning record. You know, Mitch Trubisky was your week one starter. And they found ways to win games, and that's what they do. So that's what scares me. So I got to predict the Steelers. So that's the only thing I disagree with Schneidman on. I think they'll finish with seven wins, which sucks, because then you're in, like, the middle of the draft. Good because you could get your tackle. Bad because you can't get franchise-changing wide receiver or quarterback.
0: Uh, he is Ryan Horvat. Bet MGM tonight, week nights uh, with Trister Crick and Nick Ashu. I'm Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Coming up next, I want to get Horvat's Thursday night football predictions. Since we're recording this on Wednesday, and you're going to hear this Wednesday and Thursday, uh, probably before the game. Uh, give you an opportunity to maybe make some money with Horvat. That's coming up next. All right, Ryan Horvath, back here on Kurt and Long. Download on your Odyssey app. Or if you download your favorite podcast at Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well, Fly, File follow, I can talk. Uh, Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. He, of course, bet MGM tonight. Me with 1250amthefan.com. Ryan Horvath, thoughts? Thursday night football, two garbage teams, the Bears and the Panthers. I have zero interest in watching this dumb game. Uh, zero at all. I'm sure I will because my seven-year-old is a Bears fan now. So I'm sure I'll get stuck watching it. Uh, your thoughts, Horma.
1: Yeah. Here's one where if I wasn't at work, man, I might even like watch this later, the condensed version and knock it out in like 30 minutes. Cause I have to watch every single game by principle, by law, uh, during the NFL football season. Cause we only get 17, 18 weeks of this, but, uh, this one, whoo, I'm betting the Panthers, and my breakdown is the bears in no world. Should the bears be a three and a half point favorite over anybody? Should they be a two point favorite? Sure. Maybe a full field goal. Sure. But I think Carolina is going to be able to keep this game just close enough. But I, oh, I also have this addiction to betting the Carolina Panthers and they suck. They suck. As bad as Jordan loves look this year, Bryce Young's look worse. CJ Stroud has showed me that he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I know that you might not agree. Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson showed me a lot more than I thought that he was going to, you know, in the brief time that we got. To I see. wanted
0: Stroud. I didn't want Richardson. And right now I still look correct. But go ahead.
1: Oh, yeah, you were right, though, man. I always loved Stroud. But two weeks ago, Bryce beat Stroud. Yep. They beat the Texans and he was really good at under pressure. He was really good against the Blitz. And then last week he looked like crap again. But I just think against this Bears secondary, I think the Panthers might actually be able to move the ball around a little bit. Adam Thielen will probably have a big night. I always bet his reception's over. Carolina's defense is okay. I think they're going to win this game. So I'll go Panthers plus three and a half. If I had to bet the total, I'd bet the under. I do like the Thielen props. I just I trust the Panthers, as crazy as it sounds, a little bit more than the Bears in this spot in primetime. And Bryce has to finally... Like, like I said about Jordan Love and this Packers team, now we're getting to Week 8, Week 9. He's got to start looking better out there, man, because I know he's only a rookie, but when C.J. Stroud's playing the way that he is, you know, all eyeballs are on you, and people are starting to say, you know, Carolina may have made the wrong pick here.
0: Now again, go back to Manning and Leaf, where there was a debate 1-2 for both of them, and the good news for Ryan Leaf was Manning sucked so bad that first year that they were both horrible, that everybody thought they both may have uh, overrated both quarterbacks at that point, and then obviously year two, Manning takes a step, uh, Leaf never does, and it's it's curtains for Ryan Leaf. And Manny goes on to have a Hall of Fame career, even though he's a perennial choke uh, in the playoffs at the end of the day. So uh, it is uh, what it is at this point. Ryan Horvath, follow him again on Twitter at Ryan Horvath, and follow me at Sparky Radio. Thank you so much, my friend, and uh, we will talk again next week. Packers Steelers, could there be a two-game winning streak to discuss? Oh man, I will be. Ex- Static if they figure out a way to beat Pittsburgh. Absolutely. I don't think they will. I would horrify. But if they do, I will be. I mean, just I do what I want. This is what I want. Before the end of the year, I want a 300-yard passing game from Jordan Love. Before the end of the year. I don't care what game it is. I don't care who it's against. could be Carolina, that crap team. That's fine. I don't care. I just want one 300-yard game where he just puts on a clinic. And everybody goes, okay, that's what we're wanting to see. I just need one of those games to kind of sell to everybody during the offseason that we're okay. Just, I just need one, just one Ryan. That's all I need. Packers haven't had a
1: 300 yard passing game in like three years, dude. Even Rogers, the last two <laughs> years, like in right. the year two, in this league where you is a defensive back, you can't play any defense. We can't just have one guy throw for 300 yards, a hall of famer. Back-to-back MVP and a first-round pick, and, we, and we're and we begging for a 300-yard passing game. Remember mm-hmm. a couple years ago when every week guys were throwing for like 450? Yeah. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick, these no-name guy, J.P. Lossman. Now, like, I don't know, man. The two-high shell, I think, is ruining the league. I keep joking. We should ban the two safeties like we ban the switch. If we want more <laughs> offense in the NFL, that's the way you do it because none of these guys could figure it out. It took Mahomes a full year. Drake may in college couldn't figure it out unless you have like deep threats like Tyree Hill. you know, that's just the way the league goes now.
0: Ah, this is a fun podcast. Always like talking with my guy Ryan Horvath. Uh, Bet MGM tonight. Tailgate to kickoff Saturday mornings, eight a.m. Central, nine a.m. Eastern. He gets you ready for college football. You can find that on twelve fifty a.m. The Fan as well at eight o'clock every Saturday. Follow me at Sparky Radio, twelve fifty a.m. The Fan on your Odyssey app. Best Packers coverage, best Brewers coverage, best Bucks coverage. All the interviews I during during the week are in one of those bins or just Fan on Demand. Uh, that has everything in it. Ryan, thank you so much, uh, and we will do this again next week. Toodles.